All right, all John here with Crypto Top 10 coming at you. Some more of the trending articles in the crypto news space. Got a decent amount of stuff for you. And uh, ooh, that Bitcoin, oh man, we're, uh, we're climbing. Bull run is here as far as I'm concerned. But we'll get into that into a little bit. As always, off the top, thank you to everyone who has subscribed. I really do appreciate it. It helps out the channel a lot to let me know that uh, people care. And there's a link or links down in the description that you can follow to check out all the articles I'm going to talk about. And finally, if you're catching this on YouTube, there's that little like button. The algorithm likes it, apparently. I don't know. It gets me more views. Just hitting that little button helps out a lot. If you're listening on my podcast, I'm sorry. All right, let's hop on in. First up, let's talk about Ripple and some stuff going on with it. So Ripple's partner, SB has teamed up with crypto exchange FX coin and others to develop an XRP based solution that will reduce volatility when they're sending remittances which is um, kind of what XRP is built around cross-border payments or remittances are a huge friction point in the global financial system and ripple seems to have been developed almost primarily to uh, eliminate a lot of that friction and their looks like they're making some headway on a slightly different system using the coin so this was announced back in april this year but the solution should be launching at the end of this month hence why we're starting to talk about it being it's a, it be in its pilot phase uh, fx coin is fairly new as an exchange uh, it started up in 2018 with some former deutsche bank ex employees uh, however at 2019 Towards the end, it actually got a license from the Japanese regulators, FSA, to operate as an exchange. So they're legit. They're newer, but they're legit. Uh, the solution the exchange is developing with SBI will allow users to send remittances without worrying about market fluctuations, changes in exchange rates, or any of the other problems associated with sending such things. The solution will be specifically focused to be a tool that can be used by companies in Japan in need to send large amounts of money abroad. So fairly specific goal they're working to in this case, but it is specifically targeted for what companies in Japan need. And if it works well, it can be a model for them to point to when going to other countries around the world to help do this. Um, a lot of reasons people stay away from cryptos even today are the volatility of them. So with the solution developed by FX Coin, SBI and its partners, uh, they're responding to this internal demand for crypto-based products. According to a local Nikkei media report, many companies in Japan have stayed away from crypto payment solutions because of the risks associated with the asset class. As I stated before, volatility, it's a big deal to businesses. The last thing you want to do is put $10,000 into a crypto and have a weird market fluctuation turn it into uh, $8,000. Granted, you're just as likely to get a swing in the other direction that turns it into 12, but businesses don't like that risk, and that's where uh, making it a bit more stable comes into play. But SBI Holdings is one of Ripple's biggest supporters in Asia, and they're working pretty heavily with them. The CEO of SBI Holdings is considered a key player in the partnership between the financial institution and the payment solutions company, and he's actually part of Ripple's board of directors. So SBI and Ripple are pretty close together, 
and the involvement in Japan seems pretty heavily, seems almost like they're kind of turning this into a test bed. Uh, South Korea and Japan in particular, uh, you could even lump China into this, but I think of Japan and South Korea because they're so geographically dense population-wise that they can kind of play with these interconnected things a little bit easier and deploy it across a whole country because the country itself is smaller. So it, it makes for a perfect test bed. It really does. So we're going to be seeing some uh, fun stuff from Ripple. Keep an eye on it. It has been struggling to maintain its price as have a lot of altcoins, but never count this out. We're finally starting to get some interesting news from the front. But all right, let's hop on over. So Crypto.com coin or CRO, uh, we haven't really talked about it too much on this channel. It actually was in the top 10 by market cap for a while, but it has tanked lately. And we'll get into why in a little bit, but they've got a bit of interesting news. Uh, MakerDAO, yeah. So one of the largest decentralized applications or dApps on the Ethereum blockchain is the Maker Protocol, which MakerDAO. Uh, they're planning now to include CRO as a collateral asset. Should this happen, CRO's utility will expand and the token will be able to be used to create DAI, which will help with uh, a lot of different things as well as provide some uh, help to the beleaguered coin. Uh, MakerDAO launched with only Ethereum as a collateral asset back in the day, but it transitioned from a single, single collateral DAI to a multi-collateral DAI earlier this year. Uh, for any new token addition to the protocol, the decentralized governance body of MakerDAO conducts voting. Now, Crypto.com put the proposal to the floor of the MakerDAO community, and they responded green-lighting this with 87.86% in favor for adding CRO to the pool. I mean, it makes sense for them to green light any legitimate coin or what they view as a legitimate coin. It expands their utility as well. It allows more money to flow into the protocol, which will benefit their token price. It's a win-win for both sides. Um, in fact, since March of 2020, MakerDAO has added 10 new assets to its protocol as collateral assets, so they are pushing pretty heavily towards that. Um, when and how CRO is going to be included has not been announced yet. It's still pretty early on, but that's because every asset that passes this green light doesn't necessarily become a collateral asset. It probably will. Um, according to uh, the MakerDAO's head of backend services, the domain teams will first conduct a deeper review of CRO. Uh, and they'll be looking at areas like risk, oracles, smart contracts, um, and all that to ensure that everything's handled securely before they integrate it. And if they deem the risk is way too high, they might not. But over the last 30 days, CRO's prices dropped by almost 50%. It's been pretty rough. Uh, they had a pretty unannounced maintenance system, and they did a sudden revision of staking rates, which led to a sudden drop. Um, the website here believes that if CRO makes it to the maker protocol as a collateral asset, it could trigger a positive CRO price action. I could see that as well, but is it going to make up that 47%? Probably not. Uh, full disclosure, I don't own any CRO, but I do use Crypto.com. Um, to hold some assets and earn interest on them. I actually kind of like that system. 
Uh, personally, I prefer Nexo's system a little bit better, but I like to spread my money out around different platforms, and Crypto.com has done pretty well for me. I have pretty much had something in a three-month lockup since the start of this year. Um, I'm trying to do more than just sit on my idle assets, and it's done pretty well for that, but I haven't wanted to buy CRO, um, and it looks like... Uh, I might be able to get it at a pretty good discount if I wanted to hop in, but don't got a lot of money right now. Anyways, MakerDAO, onboarding CRO, and we'll see where it goes. But all right, uh, let's hop on over. Haven't touched on VeChain in a bit, but uh, they just expanded a little bit, and in the U.S., which is quite nice. So U.S.-based company Health Evolution has announced a cooperation with the startup Real Items and VeChain. The partnership is an effort to verify the authenticity of $124 billion worth of product in the supplement industry. So Health Evolution wants to increase the transparency and protect the consumer by creating a solution based on blockchain tech. In this way, the companies can fight against poor physical and mental condition with products of higher verifiable quality. Makes sense to me. Um, supplement fraud is pretty widespread. I don't know if you guys uh, have ever taken supplements or bought them semi-regularly. I haven't. I had a buddy in college who did. My wife, you know, was taking prenatals, and they are expensive. Like a 90-day supply of prenatals was like 20-some dollars. Imagine if you could counterfeit that with stuff that only cost you $5 to make. It's really hard to prove whether or not you're taking just a placebo or an actual vitamin. Um, so having blockchain verified items, I think this is a perfect fit, especially for VeChain. So the partners have revealed that with verification made possible by real times and VeChain's non-fungible tokens, consumers can verify the origin, authenticity, quantity, and even quality of the effectiveness of the supplements they will purchase. In addition, they'll actually be able to go down to each product unit individually to check it out, which is pretty nice. About 170 million people in the United States take dietary supplements according to the statement they put out. Uh, which, if true, would constitute about 71% of all adults in the country, which is pretty insane if you ask me. Uh, therefore, the supplement industry and its estimated $124 billion worth of volume is a constant target of counterfeit products, scams, and other attacks on consumers. And in addition, the industry actually lacks pretty efficient regulations. Uh, look, Overregulation is a big problem, but underregulation is too, and it's a fine line to thread to get the right amount of regulation that doesn't squash. Um, shoot, I lost the word. Doesn't squash innovation, but at the same time protects against bad actors. So it's back and forth, and this is where blockchain can come in really well. You do this, you don't need as many regulations because any consumer can see exactly what they're getting and where they're getting it from and then it puts the ball in their court and it lets the person make the decision not the government and it prevents people from scamming you when you think you're taking something you're not so nice little thing i really like that v chain's doing it once again they're expanding how they're verifying things on the blockchain their token price has not been doing too well lately which i don't understand but no altcoins are doing very well right now for a reason we're about to get into. So let's hop on over and check that out. 
pew, pew, pew. All right, we uh, need to get in and talk about what I alluded to at the start of the video. Bitcoin has topped $15,000 a coin as Trump and Biden's election goes on with no end in sight, as well as a bunch of other different things. So yeah, the excitement or the uncertainty over the US election spilled over from the macro markets. Bitcoin does very well in any time of uncertainty. Um, and as the winner is not yet clear in a highly contested and highly polarizing election, it kind of makes sense that it would uptick for a multitude of reasons, but just the overall trend that Bitcoin has been on is bullish. So this was going to happen one way or another. It's just this particular time the election might be the catalyst for it, as opposed to it happening later in November for another unrelated reason. So data from Cointelegraph Markets and Trading View showed that Bitcoin USD pairing tackles the $15,000 bearer repeatedly throughout the day. They finally broke above it. It's sitting above $15,200 last time I checked, which is up over $1,000 in the day. Um, many well-known Bitcoin figures and many not well-known Bitcoin figures like me uh, have noted that it was high time for the largest cryptocurrency to make a decisive move. I'm hoping for a thirty dollars to $50,000 Bitcoin at the end of this bull run. My personal plan is once it ticks above 30, that's when I'm going to look into maybe selling off some, a small percentage of my Bitcoin holdings to cash out my initial investment into the coin. Uh, and then I can just ride the waves pressure free, knowing that even if it crashes back to 10,000, I'm pure profit. It helps me sleep at night personally. So Cointelegraph reported some expected $15,000 to pose major resistance, which it definitely didn't. But others argued that according to technical charts, there's actually pretty little standing in the way of new all-time highs once Bitcoin pushed back 14000 and 14500 um, There's a good chance we're going to see a crazy uptick as we go into the weekend or a crazy downtick, to be quite honest trading volumes lower over the weekend and that's when things tend to get volatile because there's less people around to keep things moving in one direction or another but i personally believe if we can hold 15k through the weekend once we get to next monday we're gonna be sitting pretty for uh 16 17 18 000. alternatively if it pulls back to like 14 or 14 or 13 i'm not too worried long-term bitcoin is gonna get there it's just all of us are impatient and want it to be now. But hey, uh, speaking of elections, let's move on from the craziness that is Trump v. Biden um, and talk about uh, something non-political-ish comparatively. Uh, but a pro-Bitcoin candidate just won the Wyoming Senate seat. Uh, pretty good. So a former Republican congresswoman and current Bitcoin holder, Cynthia Loomis, has won a seat in the U.S. Senate against Democratic challenge, Marav Ben-David. I mean, it's Wyoming. Did you really expect anyone other than a Republican to win? But uh, yeah, pretty cool. I believe she was a House of Representatives person for a number of years. And with the outgoing Republican senator retiring, 
uh, she's taking over. So according to a November 4th report from Fortune, Loomis was an early adopter of Bitcoin, having first purchased it all the way back in 2013, thanks to a tip from her son-in-law. Makes sense, considering her son-in-law served as the chief product officer at a blockchain financial services firm, Unchained, so he's been in the industry a little bit. So hence why she was able to get in so early. Cynthia believes in the philosophy behind Bitcoin, not just that it is a new asset class, said the financial firm Avanti's founder and CEO, Caitlin Long. She later tweeted that Loomis wants to defend Bitcoin against federal encroachment. I personally think that blockchain has a lot going for it that both parties can actually get behind. It enables less active government regulation, which I'm sure most Republicans will love. At the same time, it promises innovation, uh, shifting away from more energy-intensive monetary systems. You know, cash requires a lot of... Uh, cloth, fabric, dyes, all that sort of thing. Uh, cutting down on that through a you know, CBDC or something like that would definitely help out the environment a little bit. A lot of cryptos are going green or using proof of stake to kind of keep their energy costs down. So there's stuff that the Democrats can love too, as well as making it harder for illicit activities to take place by being transparent, which both parties can get behind. So I really do think this is good. It's always good to have an advocate in the government for this. Um, she's one of the few, but the number is growing. I'm excited to see how it develops. Uh, just so you guys know, San Francisco-based crypto exchange Kraken just became the first cryptocurrency business to receive a charter to operate as a bank in the U.S. through Wyoming State Banking Board. So Wyoming in general is a very Bitcoin-friendly state. Uh, and Avanti actually just got approval as well from the same board. So things seem to be moving in this direction. As well as that, the University of Wyoming is launching a center for blockchain and digital innovation, which will allow university students more opportunities to study crypto and blockchain technology. So all in all, Wyoming is quickly becoming a crypto hotspot. Um, I also know it has a fairly low cost of living, so we're going to Wyoming, right? Yeah. Ah, my wife would never want to do that. Too far from family. But, eh, it is what it is. All right, let's hop on over, touch on Ethereum a little bit. I think this is the third day in the row I'll be discussing Ethereum 2.0. They're saying it could launch as early as the 1st of December. Um, so, yeah, basically the launch of the deposit contract that we saw not too long ago is introduced the ability for users to deposit 32 ethereum required to participate in staking uh ethereum 2.0's beacon chain genesis will take place on december 1st if at least 16,384 deposits of 32 ethereum each are received uh, it's a total of 5,200 524,288 Ethereum worth about 200 million at the current time. Uh, and I think they'll probably be able to hit that mark just hours after they publish the news. The number of Ethereum addresses holding at least 32 Ethereum hit an all-time high of 126,852. So as long as they can get about 13% of those addresses to participate, they're going to be able to launch staking. And they definitely should be able to. 
Uh, should they not meet that amount by December the 1st, uh, the launch will be postponed seven days after the threshold is hit. So if it doesn't happen on the 1st and they achieve it on the 2nd, it would then launch on the 9th. Or if they get in on the 4th, it'll launch on the 11th, all that fun stuff. There's quite a number of Ethereum addresses out there, but people seem to be accruing the 32 in preparation for this. Makes sense to me. I would definitely want to accrue 32 Ethereum, knowing that you can then earn probably between 3 to 10%, depending on where it falls by validating transactions. That's pretty nice. Uh, the number of Ethereum held on exchanges also just hit a one-year low. Um, you know, crypto statistician Willy Wu, it's a fun name, uh, believes that when the number of coins held on exchanges drop, it's a sign that new buyers are coming in to scoop the coins off the markets and moving them into cold storage, obviously to prep for this event. Um, Ethereum's hash rate also hit an all-time high last week, 270 terahashes, or 270 trillion hashes per second. So Ethereum seems to be preparing for takeoff as well as Bitcoin. I think both these coins together are gonna fuel the next bull market. I would really love to see Ethereum get back to $1,000. Do I think that's doable? I don't know. Um, with DeFi cooling off, there's not the ICO craze to worry about. It can happen. But realistically, I think we're going to be seeing a six to $800 Ethereum out of this bull run. Gosh, I hope I'm wrong, and it's like three or 4000 but I just don't know. No one knows. All we can do is buy when low and sell when high. But hey, uh, then one last thing, just to remind everyone to be pretty careful when you're doing everything. Uh, someone paid $9,500 in... <laughs> in fees for an ethereum transaction worth 120 uh so yeah basically this guy was using metamask to swap 0.2955 wrapped ethereum for 531 chai gas token worth about 120 bucks uh the fee he paid was a normal though 23.517 ethereum which dang uh, the mining pool Ethermine processed the transaction with 30 seconds and collected the fee. Uh, miners do tend to prioritize transactions in which uh, people have offered to pay higher fees. Obviously, they are not going to turn that away. Uh, as you guys well know, at some point this year, someone um, paid 350 Ethereum to send half of an Ethereum, and someone also paid 10,668 ethereum which we don't know i still don't think we ever found out if that was done intentionally if someone was hacked or anything like that um ethermine basically could return the ethereum to this deposit address minus what it should have actually cost for him to send it but they're not required to we'll see what they do they're not required to in the past in good faith they typically have or they've given at least a portion of it back me personally if i was running a pool and that happened it i would have a very hard time parting with that money i like to think of myself as a good person but i got a kid to feed and um you know nine thousand five hundred dollars 
that can go a long way. But yeah, careful what you're doing. Make sure you're filling out everything properly, especially if you're using uh, MetaMask or DeFi or just doing any type of transaction um, to keep this type of thing from happening to you because I don't want it to. But hey, that will do it for the trending articles in the crypto news space. Let's check out top 10 coins by market cap. Bitcoin is still sitting at over 15k, $15,168.60. Ethereum is actually at $412.92. Both are up over 5%. In fact, um, Bitcoin actually isn't the biggest winner. Chainlink is up 12.3% on the day. Litecoin's up 12%. Polkadot's up 8. Cardano back in the top 10, up 4.79%. Everything is pretty green today. Bitcoin seems to be pulling the rest of the market along with it. Uh, Near Protocol is actually the number one gainer in the top 100, up 32.38%. Uniswap is actually up 24%. And Aave coming in third, up 20%. Good, these DeFi coins uh, need some uptick. Midas Touch Gold, which I believe was the biggest winner yesterday, is now the biggest loser, down 13.2%, though they are still up almost 20% on the week, which, uh, you know, you guys will survive, you Midas Touch Gold holders. But that will do it for today. Again, my name is John. This has been Crypto Top 10. If you haven't subscribed yet and you made it to this point, please go ahead and hit that button. Really would appreciate it. Helps out the channel a lot. Um, so yeah, hope to talk to you guys all soon. Peace out.